Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellas Podcast. My name is Carlos. And I'm Ozzy. In this episode, we will be reviewing La La Land and discussing spoilers for Star or Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Um, leave it to Ozzy to open a video on Facebook right as we start recording. Honestly, I had no idea that. You know, happen. we could just redo it, redo this intro, but you know what? Screw it. It's making it in the final cut. <laughs> to be honest, I had no idea that my sound was even on. I was just like, I was like, well, I didn't mean to click it either. It just happened. I was like. Oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that was uh, perfect timing. <laughs> anyway, um, we are going <laughs> to be starting with our La La Land review, and joining us for um, the entire podcast, most likely, is Miles Nelson, who is our head of video production. Miles, how are you doing? Great! Yeah, uh, it's good to be here. I'm out in sunny California. It's actually really windy and depressing here. So <laughs> I and for anyone that's listening that's under the age of 18 kids, if you want to be something when you grow up, just don't be Ozzy. Use that example and don't do it because <laughs> the rivalry continues. <laughs> I just had Guys, to say that. Kids who are still going through puberty don't sound like Miles. <laughs> that's a good piece of advice too all right <laughs> fair enough we will we will push this um debate and be farther down the line it's gonna happen one day you're gonna we're gonna have an episode dedicated to all of this oh man that would be a disaster <laughs> it probably would it would take me like two days to write something. <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> yeah, I am very excited to review La La Land. Um, I know yes. Miles definitely is because I um, have talked to you briefly about your thoughts on this yes. movie, and you are all in on this movie, man. Is it your favorite movie of the year? We'll get to that. Dramatic <laughs> 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 silence. Oh man, it's <laughs> gonna, it's gonna. Um, Kind of let us sit on that for a little bit. All right. Well, let's start. Um, first of all, let's start with our overall thoughts. Just quick one sentence overall thoughts. Ozzy, what did you think of La La Land? Fantastic. No, one word. All right. You, you said one word. I said one sentence, but oh, it works. <laughs> Miles, how about you? I thought it was amazing is an understatement. Uh, like uh, Ozzy said, it's definitely my favorite movie of the year, but right now I'm trying to decide where it stands with not only like my favorite movies of the decade, but probably it might be one of my favorite movies ever. I just loved wow. it so much. It was so wow. good. That's insane to me. I mean, I was very really? excited for this movie and like I and I still like I did really like this movie. Um, but I'm not like all the way there. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous that you're all the way there. You're jealous? That, yeah, because like I wish I loved it as much as he did. Yeah, he did, but whatever. Anyway, um all right, well, let's get into our positives. Let's um, start there, and I think this is going to be the biggest section of this um, review here. Definitely. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I'll be interested to see if Miles even has any negatives when we get there. But anyway, all right, so positives. Let's start with the performances. Um, Miles, I know you were a little, like, you were de- You sent me a message saying, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, they were both amazing. And I agree with you on half of that statement. Ryan Gosling, okay. I thought, was very, very good. But I think he's getting, and I read this before, and I completely agree. I think he is getting the no- getting nominated for the wrong movie. If you're going to nominate Ryan Gosling for this year, it has to be for Nice Guys. He was much better in that mm. movie than in this movie. Yeah, I thought he was very good in this movie. I'm not like saying he was bad, but I'm very, I'm very neutral to that statement. Okay, very neutral. I'm, right. not, I'm not with Niles, nor I am against Niles. <laughs> I <do>. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I think the, I think he did a, I think he did a great job. I'm not gonna say he did a good job like you are. I think he did I think he did a great job. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Well, one I thing mean, I, I what go for it, Myers. Sorry, I, I think it's I mean everyone in this movie is great. I mm-hmm. thought Ryan Gosling was really great. I would not say it's his best performance of the year either. <laughs> yeah, but that's I mean he was so good in the Nice Guys, so that's so hard to say. Yeah, but oh my gosh. Emma Stone. Yes, this we can is all like agree there. The performance of a career for her. Yes, uh, I completely agree. I don't know. Did you see my tweet after I saw? Right after I saw this movie. Yes, I um, did see that. I think I, I retweeted it. Too, yeah, so. I basically I I said this is a world class performance. I've never, and I honest, I swear this might sound like a hyperbole, but it's true. I have right. never, never been so mesmerized by an actress in a film ever. I've never. In my life. Like, honestly, I was even t- telling Ozzy, and then I later told my sister. <laughs> like, I think I literally had a physical reaction to her performance by the end of this movie. To where I don't even know if I wanted to, if I thought I'm going to turn away and not look at Emma Stone, if I could do it. She was that good. Right. She was magnetizing. You could not take your eyes off of her. Um, she was heartbreaking. She was heartwarming. She was everything you could possibly imagine, everything you could ask for in a performance. I know we haven't seen Jackie, but to me, oh, man, I, how can she be beat? Honestly, for, she is so yeah, good in yeah. this movie. Yeah, fantastic job in this movie. I, mean, I'm, I agree with both of you guys. Um, I think she's, a, I think she's a fantastic actress. And mm-hmm. I love Emma Stone. I think she is, one of the most underrated actresses. Oh, definitely. In Hollywood. Yeah. I think she, I think she's up there. I really do. Um, I'm surprised we even haven't had like a debate with Emma Stone and Jennifer Lawrence because they're both. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that would be interesting yeah, after this because, year. Yeah. I think, I think they're both, um, on par to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think they're both on par. So after this year, I think that. And this Emma Stone performance is better than any Jennifer Lawrence performance. I would agree. Yeah. I mean, just those scenes. When this is without spoilers, yeah, but those no scenes spoilers. where she's auditioning mm-hmm. and just all she plays an actress and all those layers that she has to show, not only oh as a gosh, person, yes. but as someone who's pretending to act. Yeah. And from time Crazy. to time in the really good audition she scenes, she pulls it off mm-hmm. like she's performing within a performance. Yeah. And it just kind of blows my mind, like how good she just falls into this. She falls into it so well. It's so mm-hmm. natural. It's so, you can't tell that there's someone acting there. There's someone being there, if that makes any sense. I completely agree. I agree with you there, man. Um, 
I've always kind of had a bit of a crush on Emma Stone, and this movie cemented it. She is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she is just so She's amazing. Anyway. Um, anyway. Oh, my gosh. Is other... she single? Uh, oh, Google that. I think so. I know she was dating Andrew Garfield for a while. All right, this is not <laughs> E, the podcast. I could have news. <laughs> by screen fellas. Um... <laughs> anyway, uh, do we have any other, were there any other performances that really stuck out to you? Um, other than Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, there were, it was a bunch of like really supporting roles, so there was nothing else that really stuck out to yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, these were the two main yeah. people that were really carrying this movie, and I think they did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Like I was telling Carlos, um, I've seen, I've seen Crazy Stupid Love, and mm-hmm. I didn't see their other movie. That came out after that, but mm-hmm. they and Crazy Stupid Love they have great they have great chemistry oh, in definitely. that movie and underrated movie, very underrated movie. That movie is I love that movie, but it carries on over to this movie, and you can just see that they work together so well, everything's mm-hmm. so natural. Um, so I definitely love their chemistry and the dance chore- choreography. I, I thought it was I thought it was great. Oh and yeah, yeah. One of my favorite scenes. Is the opening scene? No, the opening is the so opening good. is so good. Like that's so what, like, good. It's such it. That's the best. That's one of the best hooks I've ever seen in a musical. It's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's. I think this. I think this opening scene is even better than twenty twelve's Les Miserables. I mean, it's mm-hmm. so good. So definitely, definitely um, give the the dance choreographer a, a round of applause because he did a yeah. fantastic job. Um, yeah. that opening and the way it's shot too. I like I I love the cinematography in this movie. I absolutely in love with it. It's uh it was honestly like the camera work in this movie was almost poetic. Like it was just so mm-hmm. kind of fluent and so uh, I, I'm missing the word. I had a word and I lost it. But it's just so beautiful the way this movie is shot. Um the, what did you guys think of all that of the the huge dance oh numbers, gosh. the kind of more um, creative moments with it. What did you guys think of all that? Oh, I mean, on a technical level, this movie is undoubtedly, I mean, it easily, from anyone's standpoint, one of the best movies of the year. Mm-hmm. And I forget which film critic tweeted this, but there's a really great quote where he said, basically, and I might be butchering it, the best movies are not merely about the magic of the cinematic experience. Mm-hmm. The best movies are the magic of the cinematic experience. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And La La Land, just the way it was shot, the way it was put together, the choreography, the way it all came together was magical. Mm-hmm. Just the, It was something that you haven't seen before. And I'm sure Damien Chazelle will be getting in lots of credit over the course of this discussion. Oh, yeah. But it's clear now that he's a mastermind to make Whiplash and La La Land, two very different movies, but you still see a stamp there. It's yeah. just, uh, the way it came together is so good. Oh, the common thing, theme being jazz. I mean, he, you, this man, yeah. you can tell this man has a passion for jazz music, which is fun. Yeah. Or, it's really interesting because I've never seen somebody's, like, just real life passions come across in just the movies that they make so clearly yeah. before. Um, and it's, if the next movie he makes is about jazz, this could almost be like his unofficial jazz <laughs> trilogy, you know? Um, yeah. Whew, man, I, I really loved these characters. I loved, um, the way that just, I really loved the screenplay for this movie. That's what really ties yeah. it together for me. Um, because I do have some issues with it, but even 
in the moments when I had my issues, the screenplay was not at fault, in my, in my opinion. Um, right. The it was so well written, and to me, I I don't. We haven't seen everything yet. Obviously, we're gonna keep saying that. But for me, this is the front runner for best original screenplay. So, Dang. I mean, it's just it's really that good. Uh, yeah. Just the dialogue, like from the very first like sequence where you see kind of part of the day through Emma Stone's perspective and then part of it through Ryan Gosling's perspective. That was really well done, really well edited together. And then uh, just, and you get to know these characters so quickly, just like with their opening scenes, you're like, I know exactly who she is and like what her purpose is. And I know exactly who he is and what his purpose is. It was just so well written. Um, I, I really did love the way this movie was written and the way these characters were written. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Another thing that stood out for me because this, I don't know, but I think this is one of the first big original movie musicals in a very long time. And with the movie, I mean, in some ways, it's subtly an homage to old musicals. Like, it really feels like an old movie that Mm -hmm. happens to take place in a new movie in a modern day skin. Yes. Like the way it's shot, the way it feels, it feels very like 1950s, 40s, Mm -hmm. 60s. But what impressed me a lot was that it didn't feel strangled by being an homage film. It felt like it very much encaptured its own identity and really breathed new life into the genre, if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I definitely get get what you're saying there. It's I I really like the way that not only was it an homage to Hollywood and the history of Hollywood, which I really loved, like what she she was talking about all these classic movies, and I loved all that. And just the themes in this movie, the way like he's talking about keeping um, his dreams alive, or keeping his dreams alive, and keeping jazz alive, and something that everyone is saying, let it go. All these different things. I I really love the themes of this movie about. Uh, dreaming and all these different things and it's all layered and at the same time like you said it is an homage to classic cinema it is an homage to um old school musicals um but at the same time it's a love letter to hollywood to the city of los angeles um it's a love letter to los angeles and but at the same time it is cynical in a way so it toes that line incredibly well (laughs) it manages to be cynical and be a love letter to Los Angeles. How does it do that? Yeah. That's incredible to me. It's cynical escapism. Yeah. Because this movie is kind of the definition of escapism in many ways mm-hmm. because of just how it feels and how it looks. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's grown up around L.A., even though, I mean, L.A. is a lot dirtier than this movie made it look, yeah. it still captured those vibes very mm-hmm. well. It did such a good job at that. Yeah, definitely. Um, do we have any other lingering positives? Anything else that you want to mention here? The soundtrack. Oh, well, we oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. The music, the music. <laughs> the music. Um, I yes. told Carlos I actually was thinking about buying City of Stars. Oh, oh dude, dude, yeah. I, I bet me and Alicia, my sister, listened to it in the car today <laughs> on Spotify. Like, um, it was, it's so, it's so good, man. Um, the first two, my sister was saying that they felt a little cheesy to her. Um, I didn't mind them at all. What, what, what songs were two there? Uh, the first two songs, the so opening, like the opening, and okay. then the second one no where offense, where no they're offense. about to go out. No offense to your sister, Carla. <laughs> she listens to cheesy music 
all the time. That's true, but (laughs) that that doesn't disqualify her from pointing out when it's cheesy. Uh, (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I didn't I didn't mind it at all. I thought it worked really well. I thought the first two songs um, were really good, and then building that it really built on that because the third song might be my favorite um, with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Uh, Oh yes, that That was a great musical number, and like the choreography was perfect. Definitely, definitely. it's just that was really well done, and then obviously we can even skip all the way to the end with her. That last song is just <sighs> mind-blowingly amazing, and Emma Stone in that. Scene oh yes, just, again blows my that mind. Was, I do not know Oscar how clip. she was that good. Yes, if there's an Oscar clip, it's that. One. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, yeah, there will be. Oh, what? One more thing. Yeah. When we're talking about how this film was directed, mm-hmm. with the ending to this movie and the ending to Whiplash, oh, it's clear that Damien Chazelle knows how to end a movie. Thank you. Like, and I will not, like, I have tons of friends, sadly, uh-huh. who do not, who hate the ending to Whiplash, and it drives me Shut insane. Up. I don't understand it, because the ending <laughs> of Whiplash is yeah. honestly one of the best endings in cinematic history. It is so it's good. It's amazing. And this I movie, it yesterday. It's perfect. Yeah, oh, I need to watch the movie again. But this movie ends so well, um, as well. It's not, it's not necessarily forgiving in the moment because there are a lot of people like my sister and my mom who I went to go see this movie with, mentioning them a lot in this episode for some reason. <laughs> but they both were like, what is going on throughout the entire ending? And I'm just like, just uh, wait, just wait. <laughs> it'll come, it'll come together. And then, yeah. um, it, it really does. It really does. I love the ending to this movie. Um, but kind of going back to the music and then kind of leading into our negatives. Oh boy. Th- this movie kind of forgets that it's a musical about halfway through. Um, yes, it really, yes. It, and that normally wouldn't be a bad, I, I, when I first saw it, I was like, is that really a bad thing or is that just personal preference that I wanted more music in this movie? And I decided that it is a negative because it kind of loses its energy about halfway through. The film as a whole loses its energy halfway through because it forgets that it's a musical, essentially. It, like, the first half ha- is pretty well paced when it, when it comes to songs, song placement. And then the second half, really, there's like two, maybe three musical numbers, maybe. I think just two, really. Mm, yeah. uh, and I think that kind of, it suffers a little bit when it comes to just the energy of the movie. Um, and I do think that it had minor pacing issues, not major. Like, I wasn't, like, sitting there like, oh, my gosh, when is this movie going to move on? But there were some pacing issues, and I think that comes along with the lack of energy, which comes along with the lack of music in the second half. Mm-hmm. What did you, I mean, what, how would you respond to that, Miles, considering you are so in love with this movie? Yeah, well, to be honest, I'm going to have to watch it again and see if that sticks out to me. Uh, but I did notice the only complaint I have is that it does slow down a mm-hmm. little bit yeah. uh, before the third act. Yes. Uh, but I'd have to, I don't want to get into spoilers, but mm-hmm. I'd have to watch it again to see if that may have been a creative decision to, to slow down on the fun musical sequences mm-hmm. and focus more on the nitty gritty of life. Yeah. But I'm not necessarily sure. I'd have, I, like, like I said, I'm not discounting that as a negative. I just got to see it. Yeah. And before people go bashing me because I have negatives for this movie, um, I've seen no. this movie. I saw, I saw this movie twice in two days. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I saw, I went to this movie, um, the night it came out, I believe. Uh-huh. No, not the night it came out, but the night, that I was first available to see it. And then the next morning I went to go see it again. 
I love this movie, but I, I do That's have some issues with it. Um, do you have any other? I know you said you had some issues with it, Ozzy. Um, what I I don't I did not like the way this film was edited. I didn't really like the way this film. What? No. Wow. Okay. I had problems. Like I, it just took me out of the story. Actually, it took me out of the story. I understood what they were trying to do, but it just took me out of the story. Are you talking about with like the the seasons? Um, like because they announced the season. No, just like I don't want to get. I'll I'll talk. Maybe (laughs) I don't want to like get into it. Okay. It's still good. It's still still one of the best movies of the year, but. I just had a problem when there were like change scenes and like, for instance, like uh, when they were close a scene with like the little with like the circle. Oh, like you're that. okay. Okay. Yeah. I get I, what? That, that, yeah, it bothered me, man. It bothered me. But I mean, I understand why he did it, but it just it bothered me personally. Like it took me out of the. Movie. It was a little artsy. I'll give you. I mean, it didn't bother me, but I I get that. It's fair. I could see that too. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a huge thing. Like, you know, I, I, I didn't yeah. like Emma's performance. Like, no, it's not, it's not a bold statement. It wasn't like statement. Suicide Squad editing. Yeah. Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I just had a problem with the editing. It wasn't, so, it wasn't, but it wasn't something that, uh, that I'm going to dock the film like a, like a lot of points. Yeah, 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 I get what you're saying. Um, right. Anything else? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. okay. Go for it, Miles. There's one more thing that we haven't mentioned at all. Okay. And one thing that's really a character in the movie that worked so well was the lighting. Oh my god. Just yes. the way they use lights in this movie. I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to spoil it. I want to keep that experience pure. But mm-hmm. when you see it, you'll know. Just the, the lighting is a character in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, I mentioned it before and I meant to bring this up um, earlier, but. What about the seasons? What did you guys think of that? And um, kind of using the seasons. And to me, it was clear that it was pretty clear that they were trying to like reflect like the seasons were kind of reflecting their kind of stage in their relationship almost. So what did you think right. about all that? I don't really think anything of it. Oh, really? No, I was just like, I mean, I thought they were making it pretty obvious. But uh, Miles, what about you? I- I thought it was, well, on one side, it was kind of funny because it's true that each time a season changed, the weather basically was the same. Yeah. That's, that's why <laughs> I really noticed. I'm just like, it's the same but, uh, sport. I'm like, we don't change. I thought a lot of movies have an issue with how they tell, how, how they convey how time has passed. Uh-huh. Uh, not everyone knows how to do that very well as a filmmaker. And for me, sure. that helped me to be able to follow where we are in the course of like you said their relationship but the story mm-hmm. uh, that, that was how I knew where we were at and how much time has passed so I thought yeah I thought that was a really good way I thought that was, that was a cool mechanism I liked it alright fair enough okay we have talked about this movie for a long time but we have three people so I think it's a little bit more justified than um, us really going long <laughs> um, and we are going to get to Rogue One spoiler discussion in a minute but first let's yes. rate this movie um, Miles you do not have a review of this on your personal channel right? Or no you? I did not okay. I didn't have time alright so this will be our first time hearing your actual rating for this movie and I am Rather curious. Um, Miles, let's start with you. What is your rating for this movie? I'm going to give this a 9.8 out of 10. Oof, man. Like, honestly, I, I love this movie a lot. Like, But it's very, very rare for a movie to, to be perfect to me. Yeah. And like you definitely. said, there are definitely some teeny-itsy-bitsy pacing issues in the final act. Mm-hmm. Or in the second act. Second act, yeah. But honestly, that's just me nitpicking for 
for the sake of reviewing something. I love this movie. It's as close to perfect as most movies will ever get. So I loved it. 9.8 out of 10. All right. Ozzy, where are you at? I'm at a solid 9. Okay. A solid 9. Okay. Right. Um, and I am kind of kind of slitting the middle, but not technically, mathematically. But I am at a 9.3. <laughs> Oh, right. that's really I'm good. Being too. nice because you you give me crap on not not being nice this year with nine. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. <laughs> oh, dude, be, be yourself, man. Be no, yourself. no, but it, it, it definitely does. Hey, I mean, I think it's, it's fair to. It's definitely a nine, though. Oh, it's it's in our top. It's in all of our top tens. I mean, it's Miles is number yes, one clearly. Easily. Um, it is not my number one, but it is in my top ten solidly, and it will be there by the end of the year, unless like. A billion other things come out, which I doubt. Um, Maybe yeah. Assassin's Creed will be your night and pick it out. <laughs> I'm still uh, waiting to see Lion. Like, that's true. That's true, man. We've been waiting for that movie to come out here for a while. September. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to our uh, spoiler discussion for Rogue One. And to do that, we will be introducing our resident Star Wars expert, um, our creative consultant, Jesse Swink. Hey, how's it going, guys? Oh, perfect timing, Jesse. Um, we are doing pretty good. Uh, did you hear our review? Yeah. Awesome. I was just sitting here with my mic muted. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the curtains there that Jesse has been waiting here the entire time. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, definitely, I highly recommend that movie. Um, we all do, so you should check it yes. out if you get a chance, Jesse. But anyway, let's get into... It's like how you slide his name in there. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into our... Full-on spoiler review of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. If you have not seen Rogue One, um, where have you been? <laughs> you were not one of the people who donated $150 million to Lucasfilm or Disney. <laughs> um, yeah. And congratulations to you because you are a rare person in this nation. <laughs> um, but, guys. yeah, if you have not seen the movie, <laughs> if you have not seen the movie, do not listen to the rest of this episode or um, pause it, go watch the movie and come back. Or if you don't care about spoilers at all, then stay. I, go I don't... back to our other episode where I review True. arguably one of the worst Good movies plug. of the year, Collateral Beauty. And <laughs> oh boy, Rogue One. Yeah, if you if you do go back and listen to our spoiler-free review for Rogue One, you get a nice treat with Ozzy's um, epic review of Collateral Beauty. Don't um, watch that movie. Don't watch it. It is a disgrace. What do you think? Of I heard Rogue Will One? Smith is good. Yeah, he's he... no. Honestly, he's fantastic. I'm not gonna get into all right, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, Rogue One. Rogue One. All right. So this is your spoiler. Last spoiler warning. If you've not seen it, check out now. All right, we are getting into spoilers for Rogue One. Oh, man. Um, Jesse, we have not gotten your actual official opinion on this movie, or Miles. But let's... Well, Miles, you did review it on your personal channel, so uh, why don't you plug that real quick if the people want to go see your actual Thank review. You. Yeah, you could find my review at Miles Attempts Reviews on YouTube. Uh, it's the most recent video I've done, and just click on it. There are no spoilers, and enjoy. Sweet. <laughs> Thanks for letting me plug it. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Oh, go for it. Um, all right, now, Jesse, let's let's first get your thoughts on Rogue One. What did you think of the movie? I really, really, really enjoyed it. It was so different from what we typically get from a Star Wars movie, and yet it was still had 
it was still in the same universe and still had all of the things we love about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was definitely very different, very different. That's definitely a word you used to describe this movie um, when it comes to Star Wars. Um, All right, where do we want to start here? Um, Let's start with... Let's kind of go through the movie here. We'll we'll just kind of walk our way through the movie and talk about some of the events that happened. So we start out with... Basically, I mean, a flashback or a prelogue to this movie, like, they, they're they setting us up for it with um, Galen and um, Jin and what's the mom's name, Jesse? Lyra. Yep, Lyra. They're all hiding out on this planet and um, they get alerted that uh, Galen is on his way. Or not Galen. Uh, Krennic is Orson. on his way. Orson Krennic is on his way. And they decide to um, basically try to get in contact with Saul, Saul Guerrero. And then they, uh, Lyra and Jin are supposed to go hide. And then Lyra comes back and tells Jin to go hide. And obviously, uh, Lyra gets killed. What do we think about, basically, what do we think about this entire sequence, this whole beginning section to the movie, which is basically a flashback? What do we think about that? Uh, Miles. Yeah, I thought that whole opening sequence uh, was really good considering for me uh, with Jesse did a book recapping in Star Wars Catalyst, which gave me a lot of context to really enjoy that sequence a lot more. Thank uh, you, did. <laughs> but yeah, good job, Jesse. Uh, but honestly, I think the way the whole film opened up for me as a whole was a little bit jarring just the way it was edited so i was a bit distracted but i enjoyed i'll say i enjoyed the way it was written and i enjoyed the content that was happening on the screen just not how it was necessarily put together if that makes any sense okay i I get that i get that uh jesse what about you what did you think about that whole opening sequence i i enjoyed it but i feel like it has a lot to do with me having that background of being attached to these characters already mm-hmm. from reading right. catalyst and that's going to kind of play into one of my opinions a little bit later which mm-hmm. uh, i don't know um i'll just say i'll just save this for now <laughs> until I, I get a, we get a little further into this discussion then i'll kind of mention this and refer back but all right fair enough fair enough um Okay, so we move on, and uh, well, Ozzy, we didn't ask you. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh yeah, man, what did you I think? Was like, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, what did you think about the opening to this movie, man? Um, I actually really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I like seeing where she was, and I like seeing where they were, like where they were, and um, I was definitely interested in their situation. I wanted mm-hmm. to know more, and. Um, yeah, man, I, I thought I thought the whole scene was was really was really good. All right, well, let me ask you this: Did you care about Lyra at all? The Lyra, mom, I thought, um, because she dies, and you're just uh, to me like, to yes, me, I me, kind of had me, the background from what me, Jesse explained, but I still was just like, I don't know who this me, person is. I only cared about her because it was because uh, Jin saw her die, yeah, like, right in front of her, and then uh, her father, like you know, obviously, um, I think. Uh, Galen, who was played by Mads Mil- Mil- nah, Milkison, sorry. Mads Milkison, yeah. Yeah, Milkison. I thought he did a great performance because, you know, you, just by the raw emotion, he was like, no! Like, I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the history. Um, so he, I think the, the, I don't know who plays, um, who plays young Jen, but who, the actress, the young actress who played little Jen, and then, mm-hmm. um, 
I think uh, Mads, I think they did excellent yeah. jobs at really portraying that, you know, they really care for her, which made me care for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know her. I didn't know her character too much, but it did make me care for her. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So kind of moving forward, we have, um, we we're introduced to Cassian pretty quickly. And this is something that I definitely want to discuss is kind of how quickly a lot <laughs> of our main characters are introduced and how they're introduced and all that. Um, but he finds out that um, Galen Urso, who we had already met in the opening, had sent a defector from a pilot who is a defector from the Empire with a message um, about a weapon that the Empire was building to destroy planets, the Death Star, as we know. Um, and he gets that information, and then he brings it back to the Rebel base. They decide um, that they are going to break out Jin, his daughter, and kind of use her to get to Saw, who is holding the defector pilot with this message from Galen. All right, so let me, I'll start with this question. What do we think about how they introduced all these characters and um, how, and then kind of how this plot gets going, and then this will kind of lead into a discussion I really want to have about the character of Saw Gerrera. But what did you think about these characters and how they were introduced? Miles. Yeah, well, this is honestly, and I talk a little bit about this in my non-spoiler review, this whole sequence where you're introducing all these characters, when I first saw it, I was actually getting nervous for the rest of the movie because I personally found it so sloppy. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a Star Wars fan, I thought it was really cool, all the world building they did, and they were trying to do, I'm sure... But I think they just cut to so many things and to so many planets so fast that it's very hard to understand what is happening. Yeah, I, in different I, places. Uh, but yeah, that's what I thought of that. I, I definitely agree. I don't think um, anybody really wants to say it, but I do think that the beginning of this movie is kind of messy. But anyway, Jesse, it is a mess. Oh, uh, I know you were a little po- more positive on the movie as a whole than I was. I mean, I still, again, go back and listen to my review of this movie. I really did like this movie, so don't get me wrong here. But I did have some major issues with it. Um, but I know you're a little bit more positive, so what what were your thoughts on the introduction to all these characters? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, was looking, I was looking at a list of the actors' names. Um, okay. I was... I kind of agree with Miles. It was really sloppily kind of put together, jumping around like they did. Um, I still enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but I definitely think it could, there could have been a much more free-flowing way of introducing these characters to us. Yeah, um, and even like instead though of, instead of giving like direct exposition of "you're here now," mm-hmm. like we eventually went to those planets anyway. Mm-hmm. So right. why why do we have to have the little the text pop up on the screen saying you're here now. Yeah. And then we hear people's names in conversation and stuff like that. That's that, that just felt a little off. Uh, I see. Hmm. I, I'm, uh, that's interesting because I was actually, to me, that was one of those things where I was like, Oh, the, we're differentiating ourselves from the main actual series because we've never really had that happen in star Wars where they go, this is the planet you're on. Um, you know, so, uh, to me, I didn't bother, that aspect of it didn't bother me. And there were things, like, even though I do have issues with how quickly these characters are introduced and, 
um, how kind of just like Miles said, messy it was. There were moments that I really loved. And I did really like um, the aspect of Cassian killing the guy who gave him that information because right that, that had a lot of depth to his character i was like right off the bat i was like dang like geez. yeah that that i really really enjoyed that that was really good because you see how gritty and how the rebel alliance isn't always like the upstanding morally yeah. exquisite group that we mm-hmm. have set it aside to be but they are a group of ragtag soldiers who just want freedom from an oppressive empire Oh, definitely. And yeah. This movie does a great job of showing both sides of things um, at times, definitely. Right. And, I mean, if you want uh, if you want more, more of that kind of view, you need to read Twilight Company because that is a great currently canon book mm-hmm. about following a uh, Twilight Company, a group of rebel soldiers, and also every once in a while it'll follow the story of certain stormtroopers. And I really love how it introduces one where she's getting ready for work and describing, and then it's not to the end that you realize she's been putting on Stormtrooper armor going to work, and it just, that's her. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this movie does what no other Star Wars movie does, and it shows how gritty this, like, their universe actually is right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that for people who aren't into Star Wars that that are interested in even jumping into the, into the Star Wars mythology, I think this would be the movie to do it. Um, it flows perfectly into episode six, I believe. And no, I'm sorry. No. Five, five. I'm sorry. Four. Wait, four. Four. <laughs> <laughs> going on. Uh, four. It's been a long oh, day, boy. guys. It's been a long It day. has been um, a long day. But anyways, no, it jumps right into episode four. It flows perfectly into episode four. And I think, uh, I think, yeah, like I think if, if, um, if you definitely want to jump into Star Wars, this would be a movie to do it because it just shows you the grittiness of, of them of this like, universe, and I mm-hmm. think they do a great job. It definitely has a sense of realism to it as well. Um, See, I would disagree. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> I don't think this is the movie you want to jump into if you want to get into Star Wars. If you want to get into Star Wars, you jump into Episode Four. You you understand what this movie is. You understand what like Episode Four is what set up what all of the rest of Star Wars was. Mm-hmm. True, this movie sets up the story for that original movie, but uh, this kind of leads into what I was re- referring to with that opening scene. This movie is what you use to introduce yourself into the extended universe. This movie made so many nods to so many extended universe things, and even, uh, Carlos, where I know you're going with this saga era, discussion mm-hmm. it leads into extended universe this is what you watch to get into reading more books to get background to watch some of the shows to get more background to read the comics to get that background this is a background movie that's introducing the main audiences to material they might not have originally been interested in mm-hmm. uh, so this is introduce. i agree what you're saying ozzy about this giving showing you the grittiness and the realism of this universe but I don't think this is what, and that's a great thing. That's introducing them to a whole new side of this uh, franchise, this series that has defined so much of uh, Western culture. But this is not where you need to introduce yourself to Star Wars. This is where you introduce yourself to the universe. Okay. All right. That's definitely an interesting take on that. Fair. Um, Fair. 
Ouch. All right. So, well, let's, we've kind of alluded to it here. Well, let's, let's get into the Solder Guerrero discussion. That was one of my issues with it. I brought it up in my, in the spoiler free review, um, that Saul Guerrero is wasted in this movie. And I get that he's setting up, like it's set up for expanding universe stuff and there. And mm-hmm. yes, if you have seen all like Clone Wars and all these different things and read the red books, um, it, Man, if, if you, if, if you have all that stuff, then I get it that it, it adds to it, but I don't think that those things shouldn't be necessary, you know? Um, I just, he, he comes in, he dies, and that's pretty much it. And w- even when he's alive and actually doing stuff, like, honestly, this is something I have brought up a couple of times now. What is his actual impact on the story? Honestly, what exactly. is, what is Saul Guerrero's impact on the story? It is minimal to probably really none. I mean, he has, yes, we know from off-screen kind of things and conversations about off-screen things. We know that he raises Jin. Okay, cool. But then he's basically just there for the rest of the movie to delay the rest of the plot because he's holding the, um, he's holding the pilot. And for some reason, he doesn't believe the pilot, even though the pilot comes with a message from Galen <laughs> explaining exactly what's going on. What, why at that point does he not believe the pilot? And I get that he's supposed to be crazy or whatever at this point, but it was just really frustrating, honestly, for me. And then yeah, I, it's just, I, I don't know. He was there to delay the plot and then he goes away. The one moment I really loved with Saul was, Really, it was because of Riz Ahmed's performance. Because Riz Ahmed, um, who played the pilot, can't remember his name. He, yes, um, he hears, um, uh, what's his name? Crap, Uh, Saul Guerrero. He hears Saul Guerrero breathing through his little thing, and then he, you could tell on Riz Ahmed's face that he was thinking, "Oh my gosh, Vader!" Like it reminded him of that. Loved that moment. Other than that, that, other than that, I. Saul Guerrero was just so pointless in this movie, and it drives me insane. I definitely agree. I definitely agree with that. Like, Saul, he should have made it off of Jeddah, and made it into the battle, at least. Like, the main battle, and so that his freedom fighters were joining with the Rebel Alliance. Like, Mm -hmm. they even had, like, the same kind of helmet that they were wearing in the Battle of Endor and all that stuff. Like, his people did. It it, would have made sense. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it, it even would have made sense along with, like, bloodlines and stuff like that, where the rebels are referred to by imperial sympathizers as using terrorist tactics and stuff like that. It would have fit perfectly, but instead they had to kill him off, and I don't get why. Yeah. Uh, I am happy to see that uh, apparently later this se- the second half of the season of Rebels, we're going to get some Saw Guerrero. Mm-hmm. And I'm really hoping we're going to see some younger Jen too. That would be really cool, and I hope we get a little bit more backstory with that. But, like you said, beyond just expanding that universe, he'd had no real impact on the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ozzy, what did you think about that character played by Forrest Whitaker? I completely agree with, with you, Carlos. I thought it was pointless. Honestly. <laughs> I, that's one of the, He was thinking about it. That whole sequence is one of my biggest negatives, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I, with that I weird mind-reading alien, and I'm just like, what? Yeah, it was that <laughs> mind-reading alien, and then he really wasn't doing anything, and then when he was talking, it, it, it just, to me, it was just pointless. Like, I didn't care for it, because it was only, 
Uh, he, mm-hmm. he wasn't even on screen for that long. Um, so I, I found I found his character pointless when it, when it came to the end. It, I agree with you. It had no impact yeah. in the overall uh, story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even kind of going taking a step back, and then we'll take a step forward in a second. Um, so when they decide they're going to send Jin, right? They tell her what's going on. They're like, you're going to hopefully he'll let us talk to him because you're with us, right? And then Cassian gets pulled to the side by his general or whatever and is told, we're not going to risk it. We're going to kill Galen. Why? Uh, can, please, Jesse, please tell me why they want to kill Galen other than a stupid because- movie trope of this, uh, some over kind of aggressive general because he, if, like, they, their intel tells them that Galen sent a message about this weapon. The only reason they know about this weapon is because Galen, because, as far as they know, Galen sent somebody to tell them about it. So why would they want to kill him so that he, like, obviously he is not on the, to me it was just so frustrating, because obviously he was not on the, he was working against the Empire, so it doesn't make any sense for them to go. We're gonna kill him. And yeah, it, what? To me, to me, they don't know that. But, me, yes, they do. They, the only reason they even know about the Death Star yeah, is because Galen be, sent somebody. Okay, but that could be because to me, it's just like to me, the rebels that are such. At I don't and and Jesse, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but they're like to me from what I took from that, I was like they've. They only have so little, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they don't want to risk it, and just because, and just because Galen sent them a message doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like they, the I feel like the Empire could possibly be tracking that. You know what I mean? Like I feel like the Empire could look, could find a way to track it or something. That's what I. I mean, that's what. But I But why kill Galen at that point? It, maybe, it doesn't matter. Maybe Galen's a traitor. Maybe Galen's just trying to bring him out into the light or something. I don't know, man. But they're they're lo- but this is my problem. Their logic was he is essential to the construction of this weapon. The only reason they know about the weapon is because of Galen. So either if they think he's a liar and he, that he's really working for the Empire, then it doesn't matter because he's not telling the truth about this weapon. So why would they want to kill him? And then if they believe him that this weapon is real then obviously he is not working for the Empire, so why do they want to kill him? Like, it doesn't make any sense either. Jesse, please explain this to me. Because I honestly, like, it confuddles me, if that's a word. It's not a word. But, um... (laughs) Fuddles is what you're looking for. Um, and also, that's something I've thought a lot about as well, because, like, it just, it doesn't really add up to me (laughs) either. Um, I think it's probably... Kind of what Ozzy said, but I think it's more of like the okay, this guy has been working for the Empire. We don't care if he's a turncoat just now. He's helped design this thing, and we need to put a stop to it because they're going to force this information out of him no matter what. So we need to kill him now so that they can't go any further in this project. Mm-hmm. Or, and maybe maybe a little bit of and mixed in there, and yeah. or you would say in English. Um, <laughs> Uh, he he obviously knows how to contact the rebellion. He knows people inside the rebellion, and they're scared of that. Of someone higher up designing weapons in the empire, knowing how to contact them directly, um, that's not something that they want. Yeah. Okay. And I guess they want to cut ties with that. I'm 
not really sure that's the best that I've been able to come up with. <laughs> but um, the thing is, if might... we have to reach that far to like, if we have to dig that deep to think of a reason for it to make sense, then that's not good storytelling. I don't know. Yeah, but here's the thing. I've said, I've said it before and I've, I've said it a million times about, about this. The Star Wars universe is the best at backtracking. That's true. <laughs> they do something that doesn't really make sense and backtrack to make it make sense so that it actually <laughs> works in the story. Yeah. And I feel like we're going to get something like that here. Like they're going to later, some media is going to come out, some material that's going to become common knowledge uh-huh. um, that, Oh, this is the reason he had to die. Yeah. So I don't, maybe. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, it's just, to me, it was frustrating. That was one of, like, I sent my friends, like, a huge list of problems I had with the movie. And these are all things I couldn't get into detail on the actual review because, you know, we're spoiler free. <laughs> now I'm finally letting them all go. And these are all issues I had with the first act. <laughs> it's Saw Gerrera. Why did they have to kill Galen? Doesn't make any sense. And then oh, what's the third one? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> these are all different issues that I had with this movie. Um, but what did you guys One think of, about this whole middle section of the movie? Jesse? Um, well, I was just going to say, okay. my main problem with that first part of the movie, which I I kind of mentioned uh, right after we walked out of the theater, mm-hmm. was seeing Dr. Evazan and uh, Panda Baba, the guys from the cantina mm-hmm. in a new hope. That was that, very like, forced. The Obi Wan the Obi Wan yeah. cuts their arm off because he threatens Luke. That was super forced. Like if we would have saw them wandering through the background, that would have been a wonderful little cameo that everybody would have been like, Oh awesome on their like third time seeing it. Yeah. But that was super forced and it just took me out of the experience. I had to like sit that sit there for a second and be like, um, what? <laughs> uh, but anyway, that was my biggest issue. Okay. But that's mainly because I was just looking this through rose colored glasses so, anyway uh, uh, middle part of the movie yeah i things started to s- slow down there a little bit for me uh-huh. because okay we've established what's going to happen we know what's going to happen and now we have to build and mm-hmm. somehow get there mm-hmm. and i don't think it was bad it wasn't unenjoyable mm-hmm. because they were building to this wonderful climactic sequence mm-hmm but it just it was a little slow for me yeah. and that's not so much a bad thing but just knowing how judging from how quickly they introduced all these characters at the beginning and how fast the last act went mm-hmm. then this middle section just i don't know it, it seems like they could have paced the whole thing a little bit better judging by how slow this went oh yeah i i agree i agree um and a couple things about that number one I think that's just, honestly, part of it is that it's a side effect of this, of telling this particular story because we know how it's going to end. We know exactly what's coming. We know what's go, go, what we're building to. So kind of when you have to build to it for like the purposes of making a movie, it feels slow because we're like, all right, let's get there. And then number two, this is my other negative that I just remembered. Um, And this isn't necessarily a bad thing because it makes sense. It makes story sense, unlike the Galen having to die thing. But it was still frustrating because of other reasons. Um, Cassian not trusting Jin about the message. I get why he doesn't trust her. He barely knows her. 
But the thing is, from a storytelling perspective, like, we saw the message. Like, for us, we saw her watch the message. So we know that she is telling the truth, right? And we know mm-hmm. that he should believe her. But And then we see Cassian not believe her. So for us, from my perspective at least, it was, again, just kind of a nuisance. It was like, you're just being in the way. You're just delaying the story from progressing because I know she's telling the truth. It would, to me, it would have been a little more interesting if we didn't see maybe all of the message or something like that. And then she tells Cassian what she saw in the message. And then we, as an audience, don't know if she's telling the truth, you know? Yeah, I agree with that statement. I agree. I understand why you're frustrated with that. What did you think about that, Jesse? And do you think that kind of plays into why it felt a little kind of slow because where it's just he, Cassian's just standing in the way of the plot moving forward. Um, I think a little bit. I mean, I think it. I agree with uh, you that maybe it would have been better if we hadn't seen the message. Um, but then, even then, if we had not seen the message at all, that would have made Saw even more useless in this movie. Not true. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I feel like this was more of their time to like really build more of Cassian's. That's like true. We saw him being rugged at the beginning, and then and here we see his strict discipline. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, he wants to believe Jen. You can tell. Yeah. But he doesn't because it's his basically his orders not to. That's mm-hmm. how you're seeing how much he really yeah. believes in this cause, uh-huh. and that was a big part of what you're talking about here. Yeah. And I do. Um. I really love the moment when she calls him a stormtrooper because I honestly was thinking the same thing. Like I was. Like in my head, I called him. It's like, what? You're just you're just a stormtrooper. What's the difference? And then she says, and I'm like, thank you. <laughs> so I really love that moment um, because it's true. Like, it, ultimately, like if you're willing to do the same disgusting things as your enemy, and you're under the guise of just obeying orders, then what different are? How different? How are you different than your enemy? You know. Um. So it's just, uh, I really did like that moment. All right. Well, let's kind of get into the gloriousness that is the last 30 minutes of this movie <laughs> um <laughs> good lord that the way this movie ends is amazing like but i mean from as soon as we get to scarif i'm just like yes 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 <laughs> like from this mission mm-hmm. and them deciding all right we're gonna do this um with kind of Jin making that speech and i love that the rebels even right before we meet them in a new hope even then they're still debating and they're still fighting in between each other they're not united and i love that this is the moment that unites them and that's why i really love kind of how this movie all ties together because i do really think with a new hope because i do really think it adds to a new hope it adds kind of depth to the rebellion depth to the empire depth through the just the plans which are the crux of the entire movie but anyway mm-hmm. um i love this battle <laughs> this battle is incredible like it's the i think you said it ozzy in our spoiler free review this movie might have the best cinematography in all of star wars yeah um and i think if you're talking about those last 30 minutes you can even say that about those last 30 minutes like it's the best cinematography in all of star wars it's amazing how they made shot this movie yeah in the last I, I, I loved how they shot this movie. This that that was one of my favorite aspects about Rogue One is how it was shot. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I love the the shots of when it came to they show just how huge. Yes, the scale the, of this battle yeah. at the end. Oh yes, my god! Show how huge the battle is. 
they show the scale of mm-hmm. of the empire. I mean, I mean, when when Vader comes and like like when they're at the end, yeah, yeah, when they're getting ready to Vader just comes and he just wrecks. He means business, and that's why I was just like, my gosh, the empire, you no, um, definitely something that, that I mean, just the way that um, it was shot, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, was fantastic. All right, Jesse, thoughts on that last 30 minutes and how many times um, you've lost your mind? I mean, I was just so happy to finally <laughs> see um, see these whiny crybaby rebels uh, oh my get what's coming to them. <laughs> they I won mean, the battle. The, the Empire, I mean, did they? Yes. Okay, one thing I love about that battle is they didn't. They accomplished their mission, okay. but they did not win the battle because the, literally the only ship to escape was the Tantive Four. Besides a few stray X-Wings here and there, all of these ships, these capital ships that you were seeing commanders and generals from, we never see them again because Vader came in and wiped them all out, just like Tarkin said he was going to. Tarkin said, let Vader handle the ships we need to handle that station on the base. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. Vader wiped out every ship except for the Tantive Four, which is, of course, what we see at the beginning of Episode Four. I, I don't know. Just, I, I kind of thought that more of them escaped, but may, maybe I need to see it again. Um, I don't think so. I, he, he wrecked shot, dude. Like, it was crazy. Like, and I, 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 I don't know. And I'm going to say this about Vader again. This is by far... And this is and this is my opinion. This is my opinion here. This is by far. He was only in the movie for five ten minutes. By far, the most ruthless, um, fearless Vader I have ever seen on screen. He was he was boss in this movie. I mean, um, action wise, I'd agree with you. But no, I, I just watched Empire Strikes Back the other day on like yesterday. I think, uh-huh. dude was killing people left and right. He was just like, you screw up once. It's like, honestly, it could have been a freaking janitor who missed a spot on the floor and he was like force choking him. He was so yeah. crazy. And I love him. But anyway, yeah, he, side, he, side he, note. You <laughs> finally see in this movie, though, why he is, why like the rebels are so afraid yes. of him. Like, we've never seen a real reason because he never comes in contact with very many rebels. But in this, we finally see why they're afraid of him because he's not even trying. Mm-hmm. He's literally just taking a stroll through the corridors of a ship, decimating everyone in his way. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it was just, that was so fun to finally see that to me. Yeah, and he, he was I, force choking people, throwing people around with the fours and slicing them down yeah. with uh, his lightsaber. I mean, that was, he means business, man. Like, um. So many people, so many people right now are like, are so mad on the internet because of like, this, the joke that he made. I was going to ask about that. The clinic about don't choke on your aspirations. Uh-huh. And um, I just uh, found a few other quotes to prove that this is not out of character for Vader. Because some people made the argument, me included, about uh, Anakin made jokes about that all the time. But in, let's see, um, in A New Hope, he says, I find your lack of faith disturbing after encountering an Imperial officer who questions the validity of Vader's faith in the Force. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, he, he says, Apology accepted yeah. in Empire Strikes Back to a corpse. 
uh, I'd be we'll be honored if you join us for dinner or join us at the dinner table yeah. when he's taking them. I mean, he, it, do, it doesn't make, make any sense. And I would like to thank for finding these quotes for me. A touch of blues, who is a um, user on Reddit. Thank <laughs> you for your insight on that and pointing out those specific quotes. True. But that, right. that's not out of character. I thought that was a great little line. But anyway. Yeah. I, honestly, I didn't even think anything of it until um, our roommate brought it up. And I was like, I don't know. It didn't bother me at all. Um, yeah. It, I, it, like I told him, he said that was his biggest problem with the movie. If that's your biggest problem with the movie, you don't have a problem with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. Kind of, you mentioned Tarkin a little bit and then you mentioned Krennic. So let's talk about that. Let's. I'm interested to see your read on that, their kind of relationship and their dynamic to the Tarkin and, um, Krennic relationship there. Because I know you got a little more kind of background to it. Um, because mm-hmm. you've read not only, um, Catalyst, but you read Tarkin as well. So you have a little bit more background to this entire situation. So what did you think of their relationship? Um, and how it was portrayed on screen? And do you think that it works, it would have worked as well for you if you hadn't have read those books. I don't think it would have worked as well for me if I hadn't read those books. And I, you can go back to Catalyst, watch our video on that if you're confused about any of that. I'm planning, a, currently in the primary stages of writing a video about Tarkin as well because he was so integral to this movie. It's good for you for people to have an understanding, so I'm going to have a video on that coming out soon too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll keep you posted. But, um, yeah, I mean, from the beginning in this, I had, I had an understanding of Tarkin's character a lot more, like his personality, his motives, as well as Krennic's. Individually, as well as together, they despise each other, and they are both hungry for power for the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Krennic wanting it for power's own sake, and then Tarkin to help enforce order in the galaxy. That's part of his whole deal. Tarkin just wants order. Mm-hmm. Now, does he go about it a little extreme? You could say that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, uh, I mean, the whole reason he lets, he literally lets Orson have control of the battle station up until he seizes control in this movie because it was under construction and he knew it would be delayed a lot. That way, Orson would take all the blame and mm-hmm. not him. And when you understand that, you're like, oh, Tarkin knew this was going to be a great weapon. He never doubted that, but he wanted to make sure that he came out clean in this process. And that, that was just very important to him. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't understand that if you didn't have that background knowledge. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, like because I, ha- I don't have all that background... Krennic at times just felt like the the awkward kind of middleman. Um, it's just like you're kind of discount Tarkin right now. <laughs> so he, I don't know. Like I didn't dislike. I thought he had a I great performance. A, I would describe him as a discount Tarkin. Okay. Uh, he is a genius in his own right. Yeah. I mean, he went to university with Galen. Like they were both wow. head. Both of them were head of their class in different fields. Mm-hmm. But. Um, and he's conniving and stuff, but you don't have that background. So exactly. it's understandable, understandable. But I mean, just looking at how Tarkin was used, I know you mentioned that you found a CGI distraction and yeah, it was at times, but at it was times, yeah. super well done. Yes. I thought. 
uh, and he was used so well too. Like Tarkin as a whole, it brought so much yeah. depth to his character rather than just being some stiff old man that orders Leia's planet to be destroyed. <laughs> yeah, I, I did really like how his character was used. I did, like I said, at times it was distracting. Most of the time, I thought it was really well done. And the one I didn't bring up in our spoiler-free review, because it might have been considered a spoiler, uh, Leia was fantastic. I thought she was as close to flawless as you're going to get when it comes to the CG. Um, yeah, when it when it comes to CG for a person. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was actually Leia. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, like, I'm just like, how do I do this? Oh God, this is like... Well, obviously, that, that, you're just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Is, is it actually Leia? Like, what they <laughs> then, me and Carlos's roommate was like, I remember after we saw the movie, literally the exact same time, Carlos was saying how good Leia's thing was in, like, on one side of me. On the other side, our roommate Tyler was standing there saying how terrible it looked to him. I'm just like, <laughs> did you watch the same movie? I mean, <laughs> what? But anyway, yeah, yeah, I thought that was fantastically done too. Like she looked young and had freckles on her face. It was great. Yeah. All right. Now to kind of wrap up this discussion on Rogue One, I'm going to ask a question that we are probably going to put in a poll form after this episode is released. So make sure you go and vote on that. And I actually do not know where Jesse falls down on this discussion. I know where I fall. I know where Ozzy falls. But where does Jesse fall? The Force Awakens uh-huh. or Rogue One? Which one is better? And I know we probably shouldn't even be comparing them because they're really two completely different things. But they're the two most recent Star Wars movies, yeah, so we're going to compare the same them. Universe, so yeah. Um, Alright, so we are running a little long here, so let's try to keep this pretty brief. Give a brief arguments on our positions. Ozzy, let's start with you. Why do you think... Rogue One is better than The Force Awakens because I know that's where you fall. Gosh, you're gonna be pissed off at me because I already know you are. Maybe Jesse will be too. Um, I like Rogue One more than The Force Awakens. Um, a lot more. Because, <laughs> wow. Yeah, a lot more. Um, the thing is, and and this is what a lot of people's argument is. Oh, well, it had to be similar to read to like introduce us to the story. And no, I feel like it could have been done numerous other ways i honestly think it could have um it's it's star wars people love star wars i feel like if they would have taken a more original approach to the to the to reintroducing these characters and also old characters it would have been i would have enjoyed it more and i feel like um i feel like we probably would have gotten more creativity when it comes to continuing on the story um rogue one it showed that it showed you could be original. Um, to me, this was something very different from from all the other movies. It's something very different, but it's its own thing in the Star Wars universe. Um, for me, the, and the reason why I said if this this is the movie that you can jump into is because now I'm interested in watching all the episodes again. Mm-hmm. That's why I said like if you want to jump into this, like this is like this is the movie to jump into it because now. I'm interested in watching. I'm way more interested now in watching um, the original trilogy, the prequels, mm-hmm. and now I'm even interested in watching Star Wars, the Clone Wars, and Rebels. So, you know, the fact that this movie made me do that, and Force Awakens 
still have you basically are on the same bump as the other seven. I mean, that's that's what this movie did for me. It it made me more interested in the mythos of Star Wars. Okay, okay. Um, all right, now I'm gonna kind of say where I'm at around the same length that you did, and then we'll go to Jesse and we'll <laughs> see what he thinks, um, and then we'll kind of close it out from there. Uh, I I think these movies are very close. I said it in our spoiler free review. I have the Force Awakens. Well, let me kind of give some background, some context here. I have Empire Strikes Back in a 9.6. It is a cinematic masterpiece. It's one of, arguably, and many people would say this, one of the best films ever made. It is that good. The Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. Then you have a huge clump in the middle where all the movies are very close. You have Force Awakens, A New Hope, um, Return of the Jedi, Rogue One, Revenge of the Sith. They're all kind of right there. And I have them, I believe, A New Hope and... Um, Force Awakens are both at an 8.0. I have them both there. Then I have Rogue One at a 7.9, as our review states. Then I have uh, Return of the Jedi, I think, at a, like a 7.7, .7, and then um, Revenge of the Sith at a 7.5. They're all really close right there, in that range. And then you have the two bottom ones that nobody cares about. <laughs> you have Episode 1 and 2. That's the, whatever. We don't need to talk about them. So... Look, that's some context. That's where I think all these movies are. That's the range I think they're at. So, all that being said, I don't think there's much difference between A New Hope, or, I mean, Force Awakens and Rogue One. But I think Force Awakens is slightly better. And to rebut some of the things you're saying, I think it's very interesting that your argument is originality when this movie, A Rogue One, is based on text from, like, it's literally based on a sentence or two from the opening crawl of A New Hope. It's the definition of not original. It's based on, like, it's based on those two sentences. What I'm saying is, it's not, the, what, the problem It's a unique me, style. No, That's what I'll give the you. The problem that I have with this movie, and this is where you're gonna get pissed off on me for it, it's literally very, I'm not going to say it's the exact same thing because there are like very little different differentialities, but it's basically the same thing as A New Hope. And it's going to piss you off, but it's fine. When Han Solo in Episode 7 goes, okay, so it's the same thing, but just bigger. When they're talking about that, the bigger death, I don't even know what it's called. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to call it the bigger Star Killer Base, yeah. Star Killer Base. Okay, Star Killer Base. When that's, what, when that's what he says in the seventh episode, I'm just like, really? Like, that's that's what he says. That and doesn't make it a bad movie. movie. And I'm that not, doesn't. No, I'm not. No, I'm I know. Saying, I, I know. I know. No, no, you're not saying that. You know. You you know right. what I mean. That um, doesn't make it less of a movie. I'm not. I'm not saying. Okay, but it makes. But it's it's the same for me. It was basically the same thing, just an updated version with a with a few different uh, things going on, but. It's wasn't, a deeper, it wasn't better version. I think it improves on A New Hope, if anything. So, uh, to me, it's, I mean, it's a wash because it makes it better anyway. So, what's the point? But anyway, let me finish my piece because I let you have your piece. Okay. Anyway. So, that that's like, to me, the originality issue, it doesn't matter. Because, like, you can say that all you want about A New Hope and Force Awakens. Whatever. I will just, number one, I'll debate you on that all day. But, and I will also refer to you, Chris, to Chris Stuckman, who we both appreciate and respect. 
he had a he had a, a video discussing how ridiculous that argument is. He literally has a ten minute video discussing how silly it is. And we actually talked about slightly in um, the episode that you weren't on the superhero media roundtable. But anyway, so uh, th- to me, that's not the issue. But I think, and this is what I said in, I think I said it in the, in our spoiler free review. To me, The Force Awakens is more, much more consistent throughout the entire movie than Rogue One is. We just sat here in our spoiler discussion right here and talked about the issues that we had with the first act in this movie and the, the pacing issues, some of the character things and, the moments I'm just, I literally sat here three times, three separate issues and said, what? That was frustrating. It doesn't make any sense. Saw Guerrero was a completely pointless character. To be fair, we haven't even done a spoiler free review of, Force, of The Force Awakens. It's true. Um, <laughs> so we just did that. And then for me, The Force Awakens is much more consistent. Yes, you can say, even if you, even if we allow the originality issue to be an issue, right? It's an overarching thing that to me is not that big of an issue. And there's not, there's not entire acts of this movie that I don't, that I say I have an issue with this act of the movie. There are scenes in The Force Awakens that I go, that scene doesn't need to be there. There's not entire acts where I go, there's an issue here. You know? So that's where, that, that's where I come down. Anyway, let's throw it to Jesse and see where he comes down with all this. You just heard us argue for a good bit there. What do you think about, um, Force Awakens versus Rogue One. Since you told me that I would have to talk about this, I have <laughs> argued in my own head. <laughs> because I really wish you would have just saved this for its own video, our own little segment for like, another you know, like podcast. Because I have so many thoughts. But to boil it to boil it down, boil it down to its basic elements. Yeah. I put Force Awakens higher. Okay. Now, in my personal ratings, I have Rogue One higher. Mm-hmm. But that's because it appeals to me so much, and that expansion of the universe and that showing of what the universe really is finally in the movie form. Mm-hmm. But as a film, Rogue, um, as a film, Force Awakens holds up more like you're saying yeah and it's uh and i i've ozzy i've used that argument about uh it basically being a new hope all over again but it's not it's using similar very 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 similar situation to tell a different story mm-hmm. we have completely new cast of characters completely new plot going on it's just got the same a very similar background uh situation happening mm-hmm so, I mean, uh, and whereas Rogue One added so much for me and so much for me to finally see that other people that aren't super nerds, but they're going to read and watch every piece of media that comes out that's Star Wars related, they finally see the humanity in the universe outside of these super human uh, wizard, space wizards <laughs> running around doing these incredible things, you see normal people doing incredible things like what really happens in the real world. Mm-hmm. And that that added a lot to me, and that sits higher with me personally, but as a movie, it 
doesn't stand up. Like you said, I have entire sections of the movie that I'm like, why is this here? Yeah. Whereas in Force Awakens, I agree. I, there's certain pieces that I'm like, eh, it's fan service. Yeah. But it stands up. Or even better like, on its own. Even like I would say the Rancor scene in The Force Awakens, it's, it's kind of annoying to me. I really don't like that scene, but it's one scene, you know? It, you mean Raptor? Ra- what? A, yeah, yeah, the Raptor scene. Yeah, the Raptor scene. Right, right. There's, there's no rancors there. Okay, well, you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know I'm gonna get killed by super nerds, but you know, hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so th- th- it's just that it's like I said, it's just specific scenes. I'm like that. That's for sure. Whatever. But with um, Rogue One, I do have entire sections where I have issues with. But I will agree with Jesse what he just said. And, and this is kind of how it would say, how I would say that for me is Rogue One reaches higher highs than The Force Awakens. Like when it hits, oh my gosh, it hits and probably, probably even better than The Force Awakens. But like I said, uh, yeah. it's more consistent, you know? Um, I, I, I petition that we, we all need to have this discussion again in that when we have more time. Yes, definitely. And like really, really have planned it out a lot more. Yeah. Maybe yeah. film that, put it on YouTube because yeah. that would be a really good. I think we can definitely discuss it. I think we can definitely discuss it when I, uh, when you guys go to the Star, Star Wars, Wars celebration. Yeah, Star Wars celebration. Yeah. So yes, you, be a viewers, better time you, if we could talk about the whole universe as a whole. Oh, definitely, definitely talk about it's good this, idea. The good two idea. Recent movies. Yeah. Maybe if the trailer for the new trailer episode eight, you and Josh. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, listeners, listeners, please let, let us know over social media of what you want us to discuss. You have until April when we go <laughs> for us to do this. Yes, definitely. Um, so, and again, we will be throwing this out, this poll out there, and you can let us know where you fall on this discussion. This might be my first loss in a while, man. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't know. I think it's going to be really close. I, I do think it's going to be close, especially since we're right next to the release of Rogue One. People are very, very high on this movie coming right out of it, you know? So, I I honestly think that I'm... At, at I think the, I'm going to be at a loss here. Or that... I don't know. I think I'm kind of starting off in a hole because, like I said, people are coming right out of this movie and people are so high on movies right after they come out of them. Um, but just to throw one more little shot at the original audio. Oh, wow. One wow. more shot. Wow. One more shot. You wow. can, you can right. even throw a shot back at me. All right. Go ahead. To me, the, to, to say that A New Hope is, or that Force Awakens is just like A New Hope and it's the same thing and it's just, that's it and the, they're, it kind of devalues the movie in any way. That's like saying that um, Lion King is just a ripoff of Ham. Like it's the same thing. It's just Hamlet. Like what's the point? You know. So it's this. It's the same movie. So why why is it so praised? You know. And I know that's something like it's the exact like literally. It's a very very similar story to Hamlet, but it's a, it's the form of lines. That's the only difference. Like I'm just saying, I'm just saying. You know, it's just it's throw it out there. Just throwing it out there. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, just just throwing it out there. Um, all right, uh, that'll kind of uh, <laughs> end our discussion there. Uh, but Jesse, to working. me, the dumbest thing about Force Awakens is why would there oh. be a map laying around for Luke? Why? That was one of the dumbest. Because Luke before. left it there for that. But why? Because like, he, why? Like why did he even leave well, if he was going to leave a map there? Like to me, that was one of the dumbest aspects of the whole entire movie. 
so that the, those who are worthy can find him. Exactly, don't you know anything he, about any kind of fantasy genre. Only the worthy yeah. can find which It is fantasy, that that's a whole other discussion I know we could have. <laughs> All right, I'm just going right, right, to close this yeah, out. Yeah. Okay, Carlos, where can people find you on social media? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cherry456. And make sure you follow us. All over social media. It's all at ScreenFellows. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. And make sure you check out our YouTube channel. We got great stuff coming out. Um, our head of marketing just had a really funny video co- just come out on it that It makes channel. no sense. It doesn't make any sense, but it's funny to watch. Don't, don't lie, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jesse, what about you? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, not Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Colonel Swink, and you can shoot me your Star Wars questions and subjects you want to want discussed at jesse.swink at screenfellows.com. All right, guys, and you can find me on Twitter at Castro Ozzy on Instagram. If you want to see some pictures, I don't know why you would, but at <laughs> Ozzy Crane. And if you guys want to email me questions or talk to me about Star Wars or insult me about Star Wars <laughs> or insult me about fantasy, whatever you guys <laughs> want to do, email me at ozzy.castro at screenfellows.com. Be nice. <laughs> Be nice, guys. Don't curse me out like you did that Bob, that one video. Anyways, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Please feel free to rate and listen to the podcast on any of those things that you guys use. Guys, this is Screen Fellas.